0: this is David Richardson, and I've got with me... Richard Franklin. Good morning. Richard Franklin, this is The Big Finish Podcast. What are you doing here today? Well,
1: I'm doing a very exciting four-part series called The Mega.
0: It's six parts. Good God, (laughs) six (laughs) parts. I didn't know I had so much to do. (laughs) And um, this is one of the lost stories that's coming out next December. Um, Does it feel very much of the era?
1: Oh, yes, definitely. That's the wonderful thing. You just drop straight back into where you were. Well, we won't say how many years ago, but a year or two ago.
0: And you're working with Katie today. Is this the first time you've recorded with her since you did the telly?
1: Um, it's certainly the first sort of solo um just the two of us kind of thing um i must have recorded with her at some point in the past but uh, no i don't think so um i think this really is the first major time that um uh, joe and mike um have been together and i'm really pleased because i've always felt it's something that that, that really should be developed a, you know a great
0: deal and has katie changed at all over the years
1: Unfortunately
0: not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sneak into the control room and listen to a bit. I'll see you later. We're sneaking
2: in. Doctor, I don't want to say it after we've come all this way, but I don't think anyone lives here. The castle walls were ruined. The huge gate had come off its hinges so the doctor could drive the police car, Straight into the dark interior, he swerved around into the old empty stable before easing on the brakes and parking up. He and Joe stepped out. The air remained humid, but it had started to rain. Good. That should cover our tracks. Now, in a long day, we Sorry.
0: Well, Sprague, I've just been into the control room, listening to Katie Manning and talking to Richard Franklin. How are they doing? They're doing brilliantly. So maybe now we could start the podcast with Nick.
3: Hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, it, hello, it's Nick Briggs here. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 do you know, I know
0: the name, but I can't place the face. <laughs> you can't I, see his face.
3: <laughs> You've been um, recording the podcast without me in the studio.
0: Well, you know, I, I just thought we'd start because we had we had celebrities here. We had Richard Franklin's in the green room and Katie's in, in, in the studio recording the mega. So I thought I'd go on a little wander. It was terribly exciting.
3: I can't wait to hear it and edit it together.
0: Well, you know, it, it, it is exciting. Take my word.
3: So whether this will work or not, I've no idea. Um, it, it has kind of put the kibosh on all my uh, the ways I thought I was going to introduce this podcast.
0: <laughs> well, you, you must have gathered by now, Nick, I am here to confound and confuse you.
3: I was going to start by saying the Big Finish podcast is the official podcast of Big Finish Productions. Though a marketing tool which naturally contains clips of upcoming releases, it also frequently contains a good deal of documentary material and interviews with key performers and behind-the-scenes staff. Its principal host is Big Finish's showrunner, Nicholas Briggs. As of 2011, it often includes David Richardson and Paul Sprague. Spelled Uh, S-P-R-A-G-U-E. (laughs) Get on the programme have included Rob Shearman, Tom Baker, Sophie Aldred, India Fisher, Colin Baker, Louise Jameson and many others. The show began with episode one, funnily enough, on the 5th of February 2008, but it abandoned a numbering scheme later that same year. (laughs) Initially a highly polished, meticulously edited affair, (laughs) it has since become a more informal, controversially... sorry. can't even read conversationally orientated program in which four episodes are cut at a single lunch break then edited into four episodes since 2010 this production pattern has followed the podcast to appear more or less uh weekly the program also runs regular contests for its listeners in which prizes come from big Finish's output yes that was a description of the big finish podcast from the tardis index file
0: well that's we've gone home (laughs) <laughs> that's, that, that, that's nice,
4: but Dave has done an intro, so we can just cut all that now. That's yeah, fine.
0: Yeah. And to be <laughs> fair, you did sound like you've been on the baby sham there.
3: Uh, we particularly like the spelling of Paul Sprague's name. Sprague. Okay. S, S followed by Prague. S-P-R-A-G-U. It's, it's Sprague. Sprague.
0: You know, the uh, the Vienna production we've recorded, Vienna, the memory box, there's actually a, a, a character in it called Sprague, who's based on Paul Sprague. <laughs> When Tom oh. Price from Torchwood plays Paul
3: Sprague. <laughs> Does he? Is he from Bristol?
0: No, 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 no. No, he's, I, I don't know where he's from. I can't remember, actually, but um, he was very funny. He's
4: got a, a weird sort of deep voice, hasn't he? And uh, apparently was also inspired by, by Duncan Norvell, who didn't have a weird and deep voice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: can you imagine a mixture of Paul Sprague and Duncan Norvell? I can. <laughs>
3: A mixture of Paul Sprague and what? Duncan,
0: Duncan Northell,
3: Northell. Do you remember I don't comedian? even know who that is
4: He was mainly famous for saying Chase me a lot and running
0: around his audience I can't actually remember oh any my of his goodness.
3: material Yeah, oh that's horrible
0: Oh dear, oh, dear. Katie's on a coffee break I can hear them going into the green room
3: Oh dear be What happens orders. when Katie's on a coffee break? It sounds <laughs> ominous
0: <laughs> so, so, Nick, what is going to be the content of this podcast? Is it going to be Dark Eyes?
3: Oh, well, it can be, yes.
2: Sure, this is all just plain crazy stuff. Writing it down just makes it sound worse. Run, Molly! Run! Take my hand. No. This is all mad. Just madness. Well, listen, Molly,
1: this is going to be really difficult for me to explain, mainly because I don't really have a clue what's going on myself.
2: I've not got all the answers, then, the Doctor.
1: Not by a long chalk. but isn't it obvious that those things, the Daleks, are intent on doing us some serious harm? This
2: just isn't decent. It's...
1: I know. No time for all that.
3: The destruction of the town. Lord's will be achieved.
2: No problem,
1: friend. One would think you have TARDIS materialising here every
2: day. I don't have a clue who you really are. All I know is that you think you're saving me, but you don't know why. Is that about the size of it? Oh. And that you call yourself The Doctor, which sounds like a tenth-rate stage name to me. <laughs> oh, no! They're in your bathroom! Exterminate
1: The Doctor! Back the other way!
2: Again. Flying? What are these creatures? Hey, what's flying?
1: Never you mind. Take a left here, Cabby. No entry. Going. <laughs> Commit a traffic offence or get blown up. I'll leave the choice to you. Hang hey, no on. I'm gonna call you Dark Eyes.
2: Are you looking for a punch on the nose? So
1: you've been here before. You wouldn't consider killing me, would you? Molly, this is 1940.
2: 1940?
1: What do you mean? I told you, the TARDIS is a time machine.
2: 1940? Sure, it's true. You did say something of the kind.
1: This is it, Straxus, old boy. This'll be one for the history books.
2: All right, I get it. You're fighting a war against these Daleks. I don't
1: want to be fighting a war. And it's
2: getting you down, I understand that. But it doesn't mean you should give up. Doesn't it? Doctor, you will be exterminated! I know! No, we haven't discovered time travel. But we've discovered a time traveller. Who? Him. The doctor. What do you mean? You can take this thing anywhere in history. Anywhere in the world. And beyond? Beyond the world? What? You mean like the moon and the sun?
0: It's out there now. And people are yes. able to hear and it, and it's on and the and cover I of Doctor Who magazine tomorrow.
3: I know. Isn't no. that incredible? I know. I'm so pleased about Is that, that. Our first and the article. Cover ever?
0: Hmm? Is that our first Doctor Who magazine cover ever?
3: No.
4: Good, well, that's it's not. <laughs> Are there any more details we could glean for this? Did, we, did Big Finish have one for Sirens of Time or something?
3: Um, I'm not sure, but we have had some cover. We, ser- we had one for Dalek Empire, actually.
4: Oh, really? Gosh, gosh. I think I remember that. Wasn't that a bright red one?
3: Yes, and it was a sort of uh, low-angle shot of a Dalek.
0: Right, OK. But oh, nevertheless, very oh. exciting. I mean, you—you you must, because the production's so close to you. I mean, you've worked with it on it for so long. I mean, it must be nice that it's actually getting so much attention.
3: It's extremely nice, and and I, re- and I suddenly realised how relieved I am. I didn't realise how much tension I was holding <laughs> about whether people would like it or not. <laughs> Um, and also to think that you know i'm going off to chicago in a few weeks time for chicago tardis as indeed is mr paul's brogue yes you'll hear on the news a mass exodus from chicago Um, uh, last year when i went to chicago tardis in november i was writing the script Oh really? really? on the plane yeah yeah and i had loads of research with me on the first world war and stuff and Jason's sitting next to me saying, what are you doing? We can't even talk
0: about what you're going to be writing on the plane this time, can we?
3: No, I will indeed be writing stuff on the plane. One of the things I might be writing on the plane is my Doctor Who novel for BBC Ah. Books.
0: (sighs) Haven't you finished that yet?
3: No! My (laughs) deadline is the end of December. Um, It's called The Dalek Generation.
0: Didn't you say you'd got some clips of people from behind the scenes and the actors talking about Dark Eyes you are going to play?
3: Yes, that's right. Let's have a little dip behind the scenes with with stuff about Dark Eyes. If you haven't uh, bought it yet, then don't worry. If you do buy it, you will be able to download it very quickly now. Uh, Have a listen to this. If I were to offer you something,
1: hmm, if I could find a way of giving you hope, here, in this instant time, If I could give you
3: some hope, you tell me, how much would it take? Well, the history of Paul McGann with Big Finish is um, a remarkable one because I think that he was the doctor who we never expected to get. Bizarrely, I think we thought it was more likely we'd get Tom Baker. It turned out to be the other way around. I suppose we thought we wouldn't get him, and then suddenly the answer was yes. And at that point, of course, Doctor Who wasn't back on the television, so there was very much the feeling that we were making new Doctor Who, and that was certainly reflected in the audience's response and the listeners, you know, and they thought, well, this is it. And and it was very exciting for all of us, and for Gary in particular, that he felt that he was charting new territory.
1: Uh,
3: So, where am I? And then I suppose there was the danger when Doctor Who came back to the television with Christopher Eccleston that suddenly the Paul McGann Doctor was just um, one of the old Doctors. And we knew that, come what may, he would turn into Christopher Eccleston at some point, you know, in his fictional history. So that that sort of put a lid on the, the McGann stories. But then, of course, there's this whole thing about... The Time War, and when did that happen? Did that happen with chris Eccleston's Doctor or, or Paul McGowan's Doctor? Who knows? And you suddenly think, well, we just had that one movie. There's still an awful lot of space for the Eighth Doctor to have had different adventures. And so, to a very large degree, it's still a blank canvas for us to be able to carry on creating new adventures for him and um, create new eras in the Paul McGann era as it were so you know we were able to uh, bring the Charlotte Pollard era to an end and then and then give her a new lease of life with the sixth doctor which was fascinating and intriguing to do
1: he's alive oh he's alive
3: and also create the Lucy Miller era
1: what the hell you better hold on to something what's happening systems going haywire
3: (laughs) I wanted to create uh, an entire era, an entire new era of uh, Eighth Doctor adventures in one box set, and that was my aim with with Dark Eyes.
1: My name's Paul McGann, and um, I play Doctor Who. You got the TARDIS to dematerialise.
2: We had to get away. I know, I
1: know, but how did you do it? It feels (laughs) kind of great, like every new start. It's uh, slightly daunting at first, and the excitement grows. And um, as we have a new incumbent in the the assistance role the brilliant ruth bradley i think we're all rather excited we can see lots of potential for new ex you know new adventures so everyone's very pleased i think they should be mm. and so will the listeners be when they get them
2: my name is ruth bradley and i play molly o'sullivan what about you me all that stuff with the dialects after they killed that lady I always find any time you start a job, you know, it's like first day of school and you're like, oh, gosh, I hope the people are nice. (laughs) But everybody was so lovely. Welcome. (laughs) Oh, Really, it just takes off from the word go. There was no, you know, it's just straight in there. And after about five minutes, it was just great crack. And from then on, it has been so. Molly. Oh, that's it though. Oh. I thought she was really strong and really actually quite funny. She made me laugh when I was reading it out loud. It went kind of in my head. I thought it was hilarious. Um, She's dry. She's pretty modern for, you know, Victorian woman. Um, She's very strong. And I quite like the way there's, like, endless possibilities with Doctor Who and you can kind of go anywhere. And it's like being a kid, playing it. It's so much fun doing it as well. So, yeah, it's met my expectations.
3: There we are. Some... Some in stuff with me lovely. and Paul McGann and other people talking about Dark Eyes.
4: Hopefully, one of them's going to be Ruth Bradley, or Dave is going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes,
0: <laughs> oh, she was so enthusiastic about it, wasn't she, Ruth? She, she really was. Loved, she really loved the whole experience.
3: She kept saying it's great crack.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't know what that means, but apparently it's good, and it's spelled C R A I C or something. Really. Gosh. Yeah, C- Crake. It's educational I don't know.
0: podcast, isn't it? Got into Yeah, I'm going to actually you know. look it up. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, and um, of course, Paul's got his new costume as well. I mean... Yes,
4: I have. Mm.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> did, did, so, sorry, did you mean Paul McGann? <laughs>
3: yes. <laughs> So, I mean, you're not wearing almost... your family guy lounge pants again are you <laughs> is that your new costume well, that's a good
4: idea i can get some new ones out in chicago can never find them in this country <laughs> oh well any... there
3: you are and don't forget it'll be uh, black friday so you'll get a good bargain pair
0: oh brilliant oh i'll give you a shopping list Sprague. thanks very much yeah um, so that, I mean that was such an exciting day when he came into the studio with his costume and we did that massive photo call and stuff, didn't we? And we'd, we'd hired a costume for Ruth as well, didn't we? She got dressed up in as, as Molly.
3: Well, that's right. I said to Alex Mallinson, you know, I said if we're because he said, well, what should we put Ruth in? I said, well, if if, if Paul's bringing in his uh, leather jacket and his steampunk. Sonic screwdriver and his uh, utility bag. uh You know, we've got to have Ruth in something. So, yeah, we hired a, um, a First World War nurses outfit just like that. I mean, when I say we, I think Alex just sorted it all. It was a You know, uh, I'm always amazed by the resourcefulness of people involved in Big Finish. And, you know, if you give them something uh, to do that they love, they just run with it. And that was certainly the case with Alex. I mean, he, in our studio, as may have been said before, you know, there's the main studio with all the booths in. And then there's this other little studio that can also be used for recording. And it's where you often record all the interviews or mostly record all the interviews. But um, Alex transformed that into... um, a photo studio, didn't he? There was a big backdrop there, and he had lights up and everything. And um, I think Paul was in there for quite some time, maybe like an hour or it something. Was.
0: we had an hour? I mean, there were dozens, and I mean, possibly even hundreds of photos. So yeah. we'll have lots of use out of them over the years, won't we? And do, actually, do you know where the Eighth Doctor's story goes next?
3: um Yes.
0: Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what. Why don't you? Why don't you tell me about it when we're not going out live on a podcast?
3: <laughs> I will But I've been talk, talking to another writer And we'll be having a meeting with uh, Alan Barnes About it as well But we've got a sort of we, We've got a plan We've got a plan for For three box sets Which will be a whole new thing But, but that's That's an exclusive oh, <gasps> That is that an exclusive <gasps> It says David thinking it's news to me
0: Marvelous <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, Paul Sprague, you don't have your computer there, do you? Yes, I do. I mean, don't you think we should have some readers' um, things? Some readers' things? <laughs> Emails, that's the word I'm looking for.
4: um I, I thought you'd never ask, Nick. Righto. um Let's see.
3: And this Michael, is something else you want to talk Michael about, David.
4: Evans. Are you still talking, Briggs?
3: <laughs> yes. Usually. That's yeah. often what I feel about you. <laughs>
4: Uh, Michael Evans, who has mailed in before, uh, has sent us a message saying, "Thank you very much for the complete lack of sleep I got last night due to the very badly thought-out decision to start listening to Dark Eyes at 10 o'clock p.m." I'm a typically, I'm a typical time-poor 40-something who has most of his time consumed by running his own business and having two small children. As a consequence, I tend to ration out my Big Finish listening to an episode a day, occasionally two episodes if I've gone on the bus into town and back to see my accountant. Not in this case, I was enthralled from the get-go and realised to my horror that two and a half chapters in, that it was already half past midnight. However, you'd perfectly concocted an addictive drug of good drama, cracking adventure and excellent performance delivered in a sweet sonic solution. A broken, bruised, but nonetheless happy man eased himself into bed beside his oblivious wife just after two in the morning. When the alarm went off at 6.30, I dragged my aching, middle-aged carcass in the direction of my espresso machine and wearily pressed the button on the <laughs> coffee grinder. I'd really enjoyed Unit Dominion, but I think Dark Eyes managed to knock that into a cocked hat. Well done all. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. I thought you weren't there. I still, wonder what a it? cocked
3: hat is.
4: Um, let's see. Michael Baer says, I must say that after the genius that were Unit Dominion and Love and War, Dark Eyes blew me out of the water. I cannot wait to see what's in store next for the Eighth Doctor. Overall, I think the special releases were an amazing success, and I hope something similar is done in the future. The Confessions of Dorian Gray has given me a reason to look forward to Saturdays again now that Doctor Who is on break till Christmas, and I really hope that further series are on their way. Also, I just wanted to know, is there any chance of some of the older Dark Shadows releases going on sale anytime soon? I'd really love to pick up some more of them. Thanks for all of your wonderful releases.
3: Well, our sales strategy is highly top secret and very last minute.
2: <laughs>
4: Mainly B. <bee. laughs> but, but at the moment, it's supporting
0: Colin Baker in the Jungle, which we should probably mention as well. I, you know, I am glued to I am a celebrity. Are you watching it, Nick? I am glued to I am a celebrity. Are you watching it?
3: Oh I am actually, yes, every night
0: I, I absolutely love it There's part of me that is thinking when Colin next comes in to record we should have beans and rice for lunch but I don't think that will go down too well
3: I think we should do it to start with though shouldn't we, in a tin
0: Yes <laughs> It would be brilliant and maybe the booths need to have spiders and snakes in them
3: yeah, give him a kangaroo's anus to eat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we can we can put up pictures of him in
4: uh, "I'm a Celebrity" all round the building. I think so. They, I think so. Um, they Rude. were
3: eating. They were eating an, an anus. Was it cooked?
0: I have no idea. Uh, it was almost unbearable to watch, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. But I love her
3: anyway. I suppose we should mention, for people who don't know what I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here is, do do you think there's anyone listening who doesn't know what it is? It's a programme on British television about people being stuck in an Australian jungle and forced to eat horrible things and do horrible things. It's just really, I don't know, it's like something out of science fiction, actually, isn't it?
0: It is. But it goes out worldwide, actually. Every country has their own version of it, and they all all use the same location. So that location is used for different countries throughout the year. It's staggered.
3: My goodness, they must be making some money there.
0: I know. So, so once Colin and everybody have cleared out of the jungle, another country will move in with their celebrities. I see. Fascinating. Anyway, welcome to the I'm a Celebrity podcast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Good Lord. And talking of I'm a Celebrity, uh, as I mentioned to you yesterday, I thought I'd just throw this in that I was, I was booked to be on a Doctor Who version of the quiz game Pointless yesterday for about mm. five minutes. I was booked for about 5 minutes. I literally had my coat on and was leaving because as you know, I'm down in Dorset writing at the moment. So, and because I'm have discovered this morning that it's because I was in Dorset they would worry they worried that maybe the train would be delayed or something. So they cancelled me just as I was leaving. My agent was on the phone to me. He went, "Yeah, yeah, so get on the train. Yeah, yeah. No, don't. No, sorry, it's off." <laughs> and poor steph oh, poor was getting you. ben together to put him in the car and everything you know oh dear because we've only got one car don't you know And we live in the middle of nowhere
0: anyway i don't know what to say to so, that so oh, i you? wasn't oh. a celebrity well i hope you wrote some script
3: y- yes i did and they put me on the list if they do another one they say that they said i'm the first one they'll come to <laughs> Can't quite believe that, but bless them for saying You've got it. a
0: list as well, haven't you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Your name will also go on the list. <laughs>
0: well, well, I can hear them out in the green room, so maybe, maybe we should go out and see the the, the big Finnish crew out there. Do you know
4: I've never met okay. Franklin? Have you not? It's, it's weird, isn't it? I've I've just I've just seen him outside, but I've I've not
0: technically been introduced yet. So Nick, shall He's I a shall very nice man this by getting everybody in the green room to shout goodbye?
3: Yeah, it's a good idea.
0: I'm going to take the recorder out there then. I'm saying bye okay. now. Bye, bye now, Spragg. We're going. We're just finishing a Big Finish podcast. Can everybody shout goodbye?
3: Goodbye! Goodbye! I know that's Katie Manning.